Hey guys, you're listening to Mustangology, your go-to source for all things Mustang. Be sure to follow along on your favorite podcast streaming network. Hi. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting on I was waiting on you. What's going on, guys? So uh wow. It's Let's been just, a hot minute. It is it has been a little while. Um we've really been busy at uh events, everything from SEMA to uh you just got back from the Mach E release. Yes, Mach-E that has completely reveal. broken the internet in LA. Oh, LA. Um, no, things things have been really good. Um, real real busy. Uh, <clears throat> been involved with the uh, the JRE, which we'll talk about on another episode. Jack Roush edition Mustang. I was about to say, people don't know what that. It took me a yeah. minute to figure out what JRE. the acronym was. I'm over here like acting like I know all about it, but uh, no, yeah, we're gonna sit down with a Roush representative. And uh, talk a little bit about that. But I've been working hard on that. Um, what have you been up to? Uh, I went to Detroit to go do some Mustang things. And then, you know, like you mentioned earlier, I saw the official reveal for the Mach-E. That was pretty cool. Heck yeah. Um, I think we can do a whole episode just discussing that. For sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Definitely. And we're going to have Collins. Yeah. People. We'll do something cool with that. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. Um, also... We're actually going to be getting a call any minute now uh, from, you guys may know her as either Natasha Marie, but you're really going to know her in the Mustang community as Mustang Marie. And uh, Natasha, she works over there at Ford? GTB. GTB. So it is a, uh, I believe they do a lot of their marketing for Ford. It's pretty cool. So we'll have her, she can go into more details and kind of explain all that stuff. Well, look at that. There Here she go. is. The good old 313. 313. Natasha. Oh, there we go. Now there you go. Now we got you. <laughs> What's going How on? How are you? Oh, not much. Just at work. <laughs> you have you have been a busy bee. And the only reason I know that is because I think I've been at half the events with you. Not with you, but I was there and you were there. At one yes, at one point, been. you were standing on the Roush hauler, getting some shots of SEMA. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Dan Neve from uh, Cruise for a Cause was able to help me get up there. Uh, it was quite the view. So, um, but yes, it's, it's been a pretty crazy um, schedule since June. Yeah. No, I, I seen uh, your Facebook. It's like flight to L.A. Flight to. <laughs> Detroit, or well, no, you're in Detroit. Flight to Miami. Florida, yeah, yep. down there in Miami. Speaking of Miami, yep. what what did you think of that? Was that have you been to a NASCAR race before? No, that's actually um, my first time going. Um, I've been to Homestead before. I don't know if you gentlemen recall two years ago when Ford paid tribute to when Dale retired. We did the '88, which was um, essentially burnouts that look like the number 88. Um, a couple of our NASCAR drivers were in it. Von, Von Gittin was in it. Um, so I had gone down there to help uh, with that activation, but we didn't, we didn't end up uh, staying for the race. It was yeah. essentially fly in, fly out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this was definitely, this was my first NASCAR race and it was awesome. I mean, loud noises, gasoline, like what, <laughs> what more could you possibly ask for? No, exactly. And yeah, you had to get your conversation in, in about 10 seconds before they came back around the track. Yeah. yeah. So basically it was like super loud. So you had to like scream at your person and then what I, what I 
yeah, what I really love about NASCAR too is just the amount of um, access you get. It's it's pretty incredible. It's probably one of the only sports um, that you know you can actually go down and and see the pits. And, yeah. and see the trailers and it's it's pretty incredible no absolutely yeah you're definitely one-to-one with the driver i mean you could be brushing shoulders with with the biggest drivers and what what uh what better yeah. place to be but it is nice at the end of the day to get in your hotel take a nice shower and then you still hear the cars i don't know what why that is yeah you can still hear like an <laughs> echo in your cars but it's so true just uh kind of like when you go to the beach and you stay there all day you kind of still hear the waves <laughs> exactly. same thing yeah you yeah. just your mind just plays the sound over and over, which is perfectly fine with me. Yeah, <laughs> I don't no, mind exactly. listening to that sound. <laughs> but yeah. So a lot of people obviously know you as Mustang Marie. That's correct. So obviously Mustangology, we want to hear all things Mustang. And uh, as you know, Jaren and I have been like hounding after you trying to uh, get you to get on here. Cause <laughs> a, you have some super exciting things going on in your life. Um, you're working with a lot of um, big cars in the industry, and you just got one yourself. So I think I did. I, we're super excited <laughs> to hear about this. So why don't you tell us your Mustang story from the very first time you saw a Mustang all the way to current? Sure, absolutely. Um, so I've, I've told this story a lot, and I always start with the same thing. I'm pretty sure I was a car in a previous life <laughs> because I have no other explanation. I mean, there are, there's really no one in my family who likes cars. It's almost as if cars chose me. Yeah. Um, I started playing with Hot Wheels when I was, I don't know, when I turned one. Um, and uh, it kind of became a love affair. And what was really interesting as I was growing up, I never really gravitated towards exotics like Ferraris or Lamborghinis or anything like that. It, they were never really my cup of tea. I always, um, I was always drawn to classic cars, no matter where I went. Um, and as I grow, got older and started uh, watching different movies, you know, famous ones like Gone in sixty seconds, both the remake and um, the one in two thousand. Yeah. Uh, with Nick Cage and, you know, um, famous movies like Bullet. Um, it was really then when I, I I kind of saw myself in those characters. Like, you know, we always say there's um, the Memphis and uh, um, Memphis and Eleanor. There's is basically still a better love story than Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. And um, what I really loved about those movies is the fact that they humanized the car and they made the car more than just nuts and bolts. It wasn't a machine. It was kind of an extension of themselves. And I mean, in the original gone in 60 seconds, it was the first time in movie history where a car was actually given a starring role. So if you watch the beginning of the movie uh, where the credits come on the screen, like the intro credits, it actually says starring Eleanor, which (laughs) is pretty pretty crazy that 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 happened and i think it was then where i was like wow like this not only does you know mustang little you know not only is it one of the most beautiful vehicles i've ever seen in my life but it was really that relationship um that i fell in love with and started doing more and more history and and realizing how much of an impact this car made on the industry and it really just 
I became obsessed. <laughs> yeah. So when, when did you start really, I guess, like digging into the research of the Mustang? Um, I mean, I was, I was always going to car shows, um, growing up, but you know, I would drag my parents along and like I said, I was always drawn to Mustang. Um, but I think it was, um, probably when I started in university, um, you know, I never really got the opportunity to work on cars. I mean, I do have a certificate in automotive engines and motorcycle chassis. I was riding uh, motorcycles for about six years too. Um, and because I didn't really have that background on the engineering side of things, I wanted to be able to, to learn more about the car, but in a different way. So I, again, just started reading more and more books and that's when essentially Mustang Marie started was based off of all the information I was able to read and, and enjoy about this car. But then I specifically started focusing on um, the whole VIN and, and data plate uh, decoding kind of expertise that I've been able to gain over the years. Oh yeah. That's like a, that's a whole new world in there in itself. Yes. Uh, and a lot of people don't really have that expertise, so it kind of what um, made my um, knowledge kind of stand out a little bit uh, um, in comparison to everyone else within the car industry. Yeah, yeah. Now, now I know who to call. Perfect. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know so, the basics. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I've basic. essentially memorized. Yeah, I've essentially memorized VIN codes from '64 to '73. So when I go down to a show and I you know, depending on the year, if it's an earlier year, you have to obviously open up the driver's side door to look at the data plate, but you know, I can read it. And then I'm like, and then I know, Oh, this was manufactured here. And the DSO was here and it had this original engine in it just without even having to look at books. So, okay. So to talk through that for our listeners, why don't you tell us what, what all does a VIN entail? Like what, what information does it give? (laughs) Um, so there's two distinct, um, parts of the data plate. There's obviously the VIN portion and then there's the secondary portion, which, um, and the secondary portion more goes through, um, exterior color and trim DSO, which is district sales office. Um, it'll have your axle and trans, your bill date, things like that. Oh, wow. Siri is picking up on my Oh, okay. Literally, series of Siri yeah. was like, every, oh, every the time you say series, yeah, series, series comes on. <laughs> um, sorry about that. No, um, so you'll have that information. And then the VIN itself, um, the way that it's formatted. Um, so obviously you have year of car. You're going to have your manufacturing plant. Uh, and there's three, as you gentlemen know, uh, Dearborn, Metuchen, and San Jose. They're each given a letter, Dearborn being F, Metuchen being T, and then San Jose being R. And then you're, it's going to follow by, you're also going to, you're going to know your engine code. So that's usually given a, a letter. So a K code, for instance, is your 289 hypo essentially. Uh, and then it'll also give you your body style, which is usually a two digit, two digit number. So depending on uh, the year of car, um, so for, for early generation, so 64 to 66 uh, essentially is 0102 or 0708 or 9, and then it changes to 0102 or 3, and even the order of the body styles change as well. It just gets a little convoluted, but yeah, um, like yeah that's what I was essentially, that, that's the type of information you're able to get, plus the unit number as well. That is awesome because, you know, the thing is like, 
I, I feel like I've, I've been in automotive for, for as long as I can remember and being into cars and never once did that. It's not that it didn't interest me. It just never kind of came across my thing for, so, for, so you'd actually go out there yeah, and be interested yeah, yeah. in something like that. And then now I, I, I want to like leave this and, and go Google and figure everything out well, <laughs> or, I'll, or I'll just call you after you, you always find those. Yeah. People. Honestly, <laughs> go ahead. Derek. Well, it's just like, there's, there's people who focus and narrow on and like certain sectors or segments of Mustang. Like one dude could be super enthralled with like bullet or Mach one. And it's yeah. just like, it's hard to know everything, but that's pretty cool that you like specialize or that's where your focus went because you generally see that in like, you know, obviously the classic cars, but it's normally an older uh, type of person that knows that stuff because they grew up with it. So it was like basically yeah. second nature. Right. Yep. Yeah. And it was another thing too is for me, it's all about, you know, the history of the car. And um, for me, essentially a data play or VIN is your birth certificate. Yeah. So yeah. when I would, because I, because I loved these cars so much, sometimes the owners don't really know a lot about the car. And I, and for me, if I wanted to do a segment on it or if I wanted to do a post on it, how would I be able to describe that vehicle or know what that vehicle had if yeah. I didn't know that information? So a lot of times, um, I've lost count, but, um, I would actually go up to, um, you know, a, a, a Mustang owner and I say, Hey, you know, it, 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 let's say for example, the, the hood was popped and there's a, I don't know, a 390 in it or yeah. whatever the case may be. You know, I would ask him, is that 390 original to the car? And, Sometimes they would say, oh, I have no idea. So I'm like, okay, I can tell you. And I would go to their VIN number and I said, actually, did you know that this this Mustang came with a 289 instead of a 390? And they'll be like, oh, my God, no way. I had no idea. And they would be really excited about that because they learned something new about their car that they didn't know before. That is that is awesome. That could also... Yeah. I know, uh, go terribly wrong. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, no, I have all original. <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, well, sir... Uh, yes. And Mustang <laughs> Marie comes along and just completely lowballs you and hits you in the gut. And <laughs> yeah. Now you no longer... <laughs> wow. Obviously, like, my, my intentions are never that, but yeah, if no, they have a question, not. I'm always, yeah, yeah. That is awesome, though. Wow. Yeah. I don't want you to look at my Mustang, unfortunately. I don't. I don't want to know the. Why? I don't, I don't know, yeah, know the truth, right? Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll hear a little bit more about that in in a future episode. But uh, yeah, ten years later, um, <laughs> I'll be back in ownership of the vehicle. So, but yeah, no. Okay. So, speaking of Mustang, well, I yeah. think we can. That's we all can. That's all we're talking about here. Let every, like, speaking of, because we kind of just dove right in. So, why don't you tell everyone, you know, what your current uh, role as far as like how you're how you how you're involved with the Mustang community right now? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, some may or may not know, but I actually work for Ford's marketing agency. So there are three agencies: there's BBDO, Wyden and Kennedy, and GTB. So I'm on the GTB side of things. Um, and I'm actually on the social publishing team here. Um, so uh, there's a group of us who um, essentially strategize, you know, how is Ford going to look on social? And there's strategists for truck and for SUV. And of course, I was given the absolute honor of being essentially the Mustang strategist. Um, I also handle the entire performance lineup as well. Um, and, uh, I help out with, um, for performance content. So to clarify that a little bit more, um, 
Ford and Ford Performance are actually handled by two separate agencies. Mm-hmm. So Ford, like I said, has the three that I just mentioned, whereas Ford Performance is handled by Campbell Marketing, which is another agency in Detroit. We're actually maybe a 10-minute drive from each other. Um, so all the Ford Performance social handles are essentially handled um, uh, by that team over there. But there are times where Ford Performance content um, wants to be on Ford own channels. So I'm essentially the liaison to kind of help manage the relationship between what Campbell wants and what they do on their Ford performance channels and how that content, um, works on ours. Perfect. Um, that's awesome. so sorry. No, that's awesome. Sounds like a, a very good position to be in if you're a, uh, Mustang enthusiast. <laughs> I think, I, Absolutely. yeah, you probably, I mean, a, you probably have a dream job that, that a lot would say, <laughs> honestly, like really. <laughs> Yes, a lot of people, um, you know, the agency, I've done a couple of talks here before um, because I essentially did turn my passion into a career. Um, You know, I I wake up every day and I I can't wait to go to work because, you know, I get to work on something that I absolutely love and what I was doing and, and get paid for it. I mean, and even in my second role, so I have two official roles here. Um, one, as I said, being, you know, the Mustang social strategist, but I'm also the social content manager for the entire GT 500 track tour program. So going wow. back to what you guys were talking about before flying here, flying there, yeah. my travel is because of that program. So essentially, wherever the GT500 goes, I go. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. That, yeah. that is so cool. And, and I can tell you that you've, you've done a really great job um, on that launch of, of that vehicle and, and the content that's out there. I mean, it is, it's very recognizable and, and people love to talk about it. I mean, um, coming, coming from even the Roush side, there's a lot that we look at um, what you guys are doing. And I, I can definitely say I've seen your work uh, pretty close hand for the past uh, couple months and, and you kill it there. I mean, literally, I'm, I'm not just telling you that. I, I think you're doing a really great job. I appreciate that. No, absolutely. I mean, considering, and of course, at the end of the day, as, as you know, working for any agency, there's always going to be politics and compromise. So I do my best and, you know, try to make my voice heard and, and do what's, what's right for the brand. But at the end of the day, Ford is my client. So I also have to keep what their intentions are in mind. Um, but speaking of Roush, don't make me forget. I actually did take some photos of uh, Roush vehicles at SEMA. If you want me to send them to you yeah, later, absolutely. More <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but um, you know, I really appreciate you um, saying that. And um, we, I kind of wanted to know: Am I doing a good job? So I had you know, our team over at Campbell put together a recap deck of essentially what we've been doing so far. And we are blowing benchmarks out of, out of the water. So it's really, really nice to see that, you know, these, these social posts are, you know, they're not just 1% above benchmarks or 2% above benchmarks. We're getting like 65% above benchmarks, which is, which is really great. And, you know, the clients are just thrilled to, to hear that. You're going to be going places. I think I, I think I can I can I can say that and speak for probably uh, a lot Thank a lot you. of people. That that is so cool. And, and the GT500 to work alongside that it has to be just beyond anything that you can think of. It's like, nasty. Yeah, that that car just. I mean, that speaking of like uh, you said, like 
uh, the car becomes like an extension of someone. I always, and I even think of cars like having a personality before you even buy them. I could walk a car lot and Absolutely. it's like, I can almost hear their voices of what kind of person they are. It's weird. <laughs> and like, even, even my I, car, I like, totally I, agree. yeah, I remember, I mean, just, just shortly when, when my dad called me and we were talking about getting my Mustang back, I was like getting emotional when my wife is sitting there. She, she doesn't see me get emotional ever, like literally over anything. I think it was when we had to give our ducks away, which is crazy. Um, but then the second one was my Mustang. Cause I was literally just thinking about, it is the extension of me. Exactly. And, uh, it's and like a lot of memories, I'm sure. Yeah. You, memories, yeah. high school car. Oh, so, um, but looking and, at and what, Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Oh, no, what I was going to say is, I, I don't know if you ever hear it, but for those who are non-enthusiasts, you know, will come up to me and say, but Natasha, don't all Mustangs look the same? I'm like, no, no <laughs> they no, don't. Yeah. They do not look the same. They all have their quirks. Yep. To your point, they all have their personalities. And because I do go to a lot of events, I don't know if <laughs> you feel the same way as I do, Trevor, but sometimes I'll see the same Mustang at multiple events yeah. and I get really, really happy because I'm like, yeah. I know you. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It's like an attachment. Yeah. Like you're like, I, I was, I was unloading, uh, the Jack Roush edition. Well, I, I wasn't unloading. I was watching Al unload the Jack Roush edition out of the hauler. And I'm like, Hey buddy, what's going on? Cause I just saw him in Detroit and I'm acting like he's a person <laughs> and he's like, coming out. I was like, you look good. And I'm like, talk. And Al kind of just looks over at me and you know, Al with the big beard, he just looks at me and he kind of just shakes his head. <laughs> like, who, what the heck? but no, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and I think that GT 500 has a look that not many Mustangs have achieved yet. No, it's super aggressive. It's extremely aggressive and I just want to touch it. I just want to go over and just be in it, to be honest with you. So, Well, yeah. being around the GT500 so much, like what would be your favorite uh, combo? Like if you were to spec one out, what would you get? Oof, that's a, uh, well, if, if I had all the money in the world, I would definitely just go all out, like oh, yeah. <laughs> fully loaded, um, you know, stripes and the, the carbon fiber track pack, like the whole deal. Um I, I'm I'm so torn on the colors because there's so many great colors. Um, and being at Track Tour, you know, I was able to see all the colors in the flesh. And I gotta say, that silver looks pretty dope. Yeah, the oh, iconic. Yeah. I oh, was yeah. I was kind of mad. Yeah, that iconic the, silver. That the uh, ingot, because mine's ingot silver. I was kind of mad that they was gone. But once I saw the iconic, I was like, okay, that's a that's a worthy successor. Yeah, and I'm not sure. Did you, um, Jaron? Were you at SEMA? No, I wasn't. I went up to Detroit oh, okay. for the, uh, the the cool stuff uh, during that time, so I didn't get to go oh, to SEMA. Oh, right, yes. Uh, Trevor, did you see the JDRF uh, 500? Oh, the Venom. At yeah. our booth? No. Yeah, like that. I didn't, I didn't even, oh, I was strapped to my see, booth. They, uh, on, essentially, they kind of elevated it a little bit because it's a, it's a dark kind of gray with the black stripes that are, and it's only a one-of-one one color, which is also incredibly sharp. I've always been into more darker colors although the silver in this particular case is kind of an exception but um yeah it it, it looks pretty pretty stunning <laughs> does it have because it's almost it's kind of similar to lead foot but does it have like some metallic in it um oh gosh uh i don't think it did um i was kind of running around all day so i was only able to take a couple of pictures of it but yeah i don't really remember but i can take a look and, and send you any photos that i have i was just curious because like it's some of the ones that i've seen some of just some of the photos i haven't seen in person but it seems very close to lead foot but it, it's 
kind of like certain angles or certain, I guess, like pictures it, it has or looks like it has some flake in it, some metallic in it. Yeah. Well, you guys can keep your metallic and flake. I am going with <laughs> YZ color code. Oh, the Oxford. Oh, you're not supposed to tell everyone. I was going to oh, tell everyone uh, to look it up. They're oh, going to no, be no. like, oh, dang, what's YZ? Well, we we should have. And then they'd know. had to call <laughs> Natasha and be like, hey, can you decode this for me? And then. Oh my gosh. Well, we should have had a bunch of Vins lined up and had her on the spot. Oh, snap. Oh, man. <laughs> but like I said, I've only done, <laughs> I've only done um, early Vins, so yeah. I don't know, you know, I don't know anything from, you know, Mustang 2 to present. I mean, then it starts getting into, I mean, you guys know what, how yeah. long and modern day Vins are. It gets kind of wonky, too. <laughs> I, I feel like it doesn't stay yeah. consistent either. It, it kind of throws yeah, it all over the place, but. Yeah, it's a little weird. But um, yeah, I mean, that's. um. That's essentially what I do in a nutshell. But in terms of how I actually got here, um, so in 2014, Mustang Marie started. Um, my full name is Natasha DeMellis, by the way. I'm not sure if she knew my actual full name. No. Um, but my middle name is Marie. So I'm like, Mustang Natasha eh, doesn't work as well as Mustang Marie. Kind of has a you know, a nice little, it kind of rolls off the tongue a little bit. I agree. That's um, all I knew you as. I was, that's when, when I see you or when I saw you at SEMA, I literally just yelled Mustang Marie. Like that's, <laughs> I was like, well. Even, <laughs> even my friends of, you know, 25 years, they'll be like, Marie, I, I mean, Natasha. Oh, that is great. Um, but yeah, uh, Mustang Marie started and, uh, Back in 2014, obviously, um, social was very different. The algorithms were very different. Um, we still had chronological order. You were still still essentially able to see every single post that any of your followers, uh, not followers, uh, anyone you followed posted. Mm-hmm. So um, it kind of uh, uh, was a snowball effect. I mean, I was, um, I had designed a logo for another Instagram page. They had featured me. Um, then I, you know, that kind of took off and I started getting more, more and more followers. Um, but it was really, you know, when I started going down to these events and actually making a name for myself, um, you know, with Barrett Jackson, um, I was also getting opportunities for Dembessi Motorsports, which is out in Windsor, California. Um, you know, I had interviews with RM Auctions, um, and, uh, you know, I was able to get featured on Mustang 360 as uh, a Mustang Girl Monday, uh, Courtney Barber of Team Mustang Girls, I'm sure you know her. Um, yeah. She, uh, she helped with writing that article. She, she actually messaged me recently. She said, we have to do an update. <laughs> um, and then I started writing articles for Mustang 360 as well uh, and for performance. And then I was also featured in a Canadian automotive magazine called Autostrada. Um, they also now reached out to me and they said, oh, my God, we need to do an update on the story. That is so um, cool. And it was really just you know, tagging forward in all my posts. Yeah. Um, and one of the, um, she, she doesn't work here anymore, but um, the woman at the time who was uh, working on Ford's Instagram account essentially noticed like, who is this Mustang Marie girl and <laughs> reached out to me. And, you know, we had a conversation offline and one thing led to another as, um, you know, January, 2016 rolled around. I had an interview and then by April uh, they gave me a call essentially letting me know that I had the job, but I didn't even know what I was going to be working on, um, you know, social publisher, but for what am I going to be doing trucks? Am I going to be doing SUVs? Am I going to be doing cars? Like, what am I going to be doing? Everyone wants to work on the Mustang yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh yeah, here's a Fiesta. Um, <laughs> I'm just yeah, kidding. Yeah, it's Not right. Fiesta. <laughs> so, 
you know, being from Toronto, obviously I would have to move and relocate, work in a different country. You know, it's, it's a big step to take. Um, so I had, um, I wanted to meet the team and meet the, uh, and see the agency and, you know, actually try to find a place, you know, if I'm going to do this, you know, am I going to be able to find a place for me to live? Um, met the team, uh, fell in love with the team. I thought they were great. And I asked them a simple question. What am, I know I'm a social publisher, but what am I going to be doing? And they said, oh, yeah, we're giving you all of Mustang. I'm like, yep, done. Wow. <laughs> that was it. So, you know, Mustang Marie to actually run Mustang uh, for real is, uh, is a pretty incredible uh, feeling. And it's still very surreal even after, you know, three and a half years later. That is huge. So you took the Mustang world literally by a storm, just came in, and here I am. Yep. <laughs> that is so cool. Essentially, yeah. I'm, and, ex- I'm um, excited to see where then, you go. Oh, thank you. Since then, I've been able to work on a lot of really, really great things, like uh, the 2018 Mustang campaign, which was the Make It Personal. You know, I was brought in to provide insight. You know, I had to explain to them the whole 64 campaign of designed to be designed by you make it personal was really kind of a, a continuation of that that thought process uh the pony personalizer that we did ended up becoming um a webless uh, um uh webless <laughs> a finalist for the yeah. webby uh, webby awards uh as one of the best social campaigns of the year um we did national mustang day in, in 2018 um you know we had gone out and and uh, filmed some really really great footage and um, there's some people in this agency who were like, I don't know how it did so well. I'm like, what do you mean you don't know how it did so well? It's National Mustang Day. Like the yeah, community really. loves this stuff. So that was really great. Um, 10 millionth Mustang was my idea. So Ford, you know, had reached out to me and said, hey, this 10 millionth Mustang is coming. And I said, well, do you remember the photo of 1966 when we did 1 million? I think wow. we should do the same thing at Flat Rock. So, no and that was the second most, that was the second most successful activation Ford has ever done. So wow. to kind of be a part of these really, really, really big moments makes me, you know, makes me really, really, really proud to, to be here. Well, that's something only, you know, being in tune with the Mustang community, like, uh, like once you get so ho- ho- like far up in a company, some of, you know, getting in tap with your core audience or your tor- core customer, you kind of lose all that. It gets convoluted. So, yeah. you know, having an enthusiast in there that can kind of say, you know, this is going to work or, you know, they think this will be cool that it really like it just really shows how ford is in tune with their uh you know the mustang community no definitely and and i feel like not i I can't say all mustang owners are the same but it's pretty similar yeah well they definitely don't think the same especially when Uh, we talk about the mach-e but um for the most part (laughs) if if you think of an idea and you love it as as a mustang enthusiast and owner you can you have a pretty good idea of like hey the community's most likely going to react really well to this so, and def- right. I had no exactly. idea 10 mi- Wow. That is, that is, that is really <laughs> cool. You just get, keep getting yeah. cooler and cooler. Oh, Jeez. thank you. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about your baby. Um, yes. Raven. The love of my life. <laughs> Raven. Let's talk about Raven. Yes. How did it happen? Sure. Walk us through the details. <laughs> so and this is going to sound like a complete and utter utter shock to you both because I don't think you have any idea and you're going to think I'm absolutely crazy. Uh-oh. I have never, ever, ever driven a Mustang before. Oh, really? I'm going to let you process that a little Wait, bit. Wait, okay, <laughs> stop. Let's hear. <laughs> I got a question. <laughs> yes. So like so, any any Mustang, like never. No. Nothing. Except for 
very, very recently when I was okay. at GT500 Track Tour because yeah. I could not turn away from, what do you mean? I got to drive a pre-production model? Yeah. That's never going to happen ever again. Yeah. So. Okay. But um, my whole thing, I was... Wait, wait, uh, wait. So your first Mustang <laughs> that you ever drove still was a GT500? Yeah, <laughs> technically. I'm just going yeah. to end this here, guys. I'm walking out. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I was... Obviously, I'm being... It's crazy for, for me to even say that. And obviously, you know, it does sound like a bit of a contradiction. What do you mean Mustang Marie has never driven a Mustang or... Or before I even had Raven, what do you mean Mustang Marie has never owned a Mustang? I was so incredibly disciplined that I told myself I did not want to drive one until I had one to call my own. And I wanted that experience for myself that, wow. you know, the, the day that I turn the key on a Mustang will be one that is mine. Because I always knew that if I did, um, I, it would just be a huge tease because I would always have to give the keys back. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just didn't want that. And I have been given so many opportunities to drive classic Mustangs, but basically almost every single generation of Mustang. And I said, yeah. nope, I'm not going to until, not that I didn't want to, of yeah, course yeah. I wanted to, yeah. but I just wanted that experience to be special. And I think the video of me <laughs> getting Raven shows just how emotional it really was to oh, actually absolutely get that i i mean yeah. also i i was barely <laughs> able to get through the thing i'm like i paused it and like walked away for a minute i'm like i'm gonna go eat dinner like like i gotta i just gotta get my mind off because it's it's so true and i think um being, being a mustang owner i i completely understand understood what you're feeling but now to understand that like really this was like your first mustang and like wow yeah, that is that is really crazy cool. but like no it makes the story that much better yeah. yeah no it makes the story that much better it really does yeah wow all right so yeah. t tell us tell us about raven so, absolutely um so there i don't know if you um if you've heard of the company called stallion autosport they're in south carolina um I've been following them. His name is Jonathan. Um, I've been following his company on Instagram for a few years now. Um, you know, and he, and he does customs, he does restorations, etc. Um, buys and sells uh, classic cars, not just Mustangs, just, but he he's had a lot of Mustangs over the years. Um, <clears throat> over the Labor Day weekend, uh, he posted. You know, uh, 1967 True Survivor Raven Black Fastback, and it wasn't for sale. But I read the description, and in my head, I'm just checking off the list. Oh, yep, 390s code, sweet. Oh, Raven Black, check, 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 check. So I sent him a direct message, and I said, "You need to tell me everything about this car <laughs> right now." <laughs> um, and you know, he began to tell me. Uh, he he was going through the list, um, and and for me, I am definitely a purist at heart. Like the car needs to be as as original as it can possibly be, because for me, it's 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 really important to be able to drive a car that's actually seen roads from 1967 and yeah. and has that history that that 53 year history literally embedded in the paint like yep. for me it, it, it's just it's hard you guys understand that so mine, mine is the seats explain. mine is the seats i can like I, I don't know why i just think of all the people that 
It's given like yeah, given rides and, and yeah, like was it a guy that worked in a mill with like dirty pants and got in it? And like, I know that sounds really crazy, yeah. but yeah, that, I, that's that's what I think. Wow, yeah. So um, he began to go through the list, and you know, it was original engine, holy crap! Original transmission, original body panels, original friggin' paint, and I was like, Jeez. what? <laughs> Matching numbers. It's thirty thousand miles. My head was about to explode <laughs> when I saw all these things. Um, and I said, you know, is it is it for sale? And he said, well, I'm not really looking to sell it. It's one of my favorite driving cars, but I did just give a price to a gentleman. I'm like, hmm, if you put a price tag on something, yeah. that means you're kind of willing to sell it. Everything has um, a price. <laughs> everything has a price. So um, – I said, oh, shoot, because I thought, you know, okay, that was it. He, he gave a price to someone and that was it. But he said, I haven't taken a deposit yet, dot, dot, dot. And I said, okay. <laughs> Left the door open. So, yeah, exactly. Um, so about a year ago, uh, just to backtrack a little bit, I had hired a company called Legendary Motor Car. Uh, they used to have a show called Dream Car Garage. Um, and he's been, Peter Klott uh, has been in the business for years. Um, and I hired that company, not because I wasn't able to find a Mustang myself because I can find a Mustang, no problem. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that at the end of the day, I'm a Canadian citizen and the majority of Mustangs are found in the state. So I wanted to have a company who would be an expert in getting the proper paperwork, getting her safety for, you know, Canadian roads gotcha, and emissions yeah. and all that kind of bringing her over the border, you know, trailering her correctly, all that kind of stuff, which I have no experience in. Um, so that's why, you know, I had hired them and that was last year so or a year and a half ago. So when this Mustang came up, they were the first people I called. I said, listen, I think I just found the car. Um, I'm going to be sending you all the paperwork. Um, Jonathan from Stallion was able to um, give me, you know, the bill of sale and Marty reports and all these different things. Um, <clears throat> so what Legendary did, uh, they had sent out uh, someone um, that they've worked with for years. His name is Chad. He was only about 45 minutes away from um, where Stallion Autoport was located. Um, uh, Autoport, sorry. And he went over, spent, uh, uh, he went to go see the car, spent about um, an hour and a half on it because I wasn't able to go down. Legendary wasn't able to go down, so we sent someone on our behalf. And he called us up, uh, called us up and he said, if you guys don't buy this car, I will. So he almost like <laughs> wow. um, bought it from under me. Not, yeah. in a, not in a kind of conniving, sneaky way. It was yeah. just more, hey, if this, if this person's not interested, I am because this car is just immaculate. Um, but what I did was I didn't want to jinx myself. So when I found the car and I had discussions with legendary I said, here's everything I know. I want you to do the rest. I want to, I don't want to be involved in the purchasing process because I didn't, I just didn't want to know. I didn't want to jinx it. Yeah. Um, so that's why it, it did end up being a surprise. Um, so when I came home for, um, Thanksgiving. Now this is Canadian Thanksgiving, which is in October. Um, I had come home just a couple of days after Thanksgiving. My parents brought us over to, um, brought me over to, uh, legendary and, you know, they started walking through the shop and I mean, the rest is history. The, the video <laughs> essentially yeah. explains 
just what happened after. Wow. Yeah, awesome. and, that, and that, yeah. that video is is super cool. <laughs> that, that definitely um, gets, gets the feels and, going. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, the car does have a, a pretty cool story as well. Now, if you want to consider the consignment liaison as a, uh, or, or Jonathan as a second owner, he technically had the car for 12 and a half years. So I think by that, by that point, you're labeled as an owner. And I would technically be the third owner. But if you take the consignment portion out, it does almost feel like I'm an owner. So I have to double check to see if he actually registered the car under his name. Because if he didn't, then technically I would be the second owner. But um, so this gentleman, I'm actually trying to do some more research. Um, But he um, served in the Army for 30 years. And um, he retired. And that's why the car has such low miles. Because he would always be off. Mm-hmm. serving um in the army or in the, uh, in the army yeah. um so while he was gone he would tell his wife to wash and wax that car and put blankets over it and his <laughs> wife Gosh. used to hate the car because she thought that her husband loved the car more than her <laughs> i'm like, Fair. I'm Fair like i think i would probably be best friends <laughs> with this gentleman um unfortunately he passed away so um his wife I'm assuming either A, they didn't have kids for the car to be passed down to, or B, they do have kids, but maybe the kids weren't interested um, for her to then turn around and sell the car to Jonathan for him to then keep it for 12 years and then, you know, eventually getting into my hands. Wow. That's awesome. How freaking cool is that? And being how old it is, just with 30,000 miles. miles. I know. You're you're still breaking it in. Yeah, it's got 85K on a 2015. Wow. It's pretty funny. It, it's uh, it's insane. You know, every time I uh, I look at that, like when I was there, when I whenever I would look at that car, I, I was even rolling down the windows and even rolling down the windows are like butter. I'm like, how, oh, yeah. how is this possible? I'm sure it still smells um, pretty good, too, on the inside like that. Oh, the yeah. The old classic Mustang. Don't don't slam the door yeah. too hard. The uh, the window regulator, <laughs> <laughs> the little those little plastic clips and every old Mustang owner is going to be like, oh, my gosh. One, they're the biggest pain to replace, but if you slam your door, they crack, and then you go to like um, get in your door the next time, and it it just it's like nothing dead. works. Yeah, so yeah. you have to you have to duke some um, hazard it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the follow up question I usually get is, "Are you going to modify it?" First of all, the answer is hell no. no. I need. Yeah. I want her to keep. I want to keep her as original as pos- possible. But there is a modification I have to do. <laughs> And you guys are going to laugh. Fuzzy dice. I'm five. <laughs> what? Fuzzy dice. In the mirror. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Oh, Although okay. that's All pretty right. Um <laughs> So I'm 5'1", and I can't quite reach the belt. Oh. Some so like pedal extensions? So, yeah. Or Recaro seats. I, <laughs> they actually, um, they recommended putting in track extenders, and yeah. the company laughed because they're like we've put in track extenders before, but it's always been so the so the seat can go back more, uh, yeah, not right, right. <laughs> the seat that go up. So um, they have to do that for me to you know feel a little bit more comfortable. And because of my height, I may have to put spacers in. Um, yeah. But before we do, because that's a, a little bit uh, more of a bigger job, not that big of a job, but yeah. um, is to essentially go and buy. You know, maybe one a one inch piece of foam, or upgrade to a two inch piece of foam, or whatever. Drive the car just on 
foam. Yeah. Um, and then see where I like my ride height. Um, and then from there, I can then go back to legendary or, or do it myself or whatever and actually know how many inches I need for, for me to feel yeah. comfortable and actually do the spacers. But yeah, it's just really funny. <laughs> I can't awesome. actually reach it. That is great. Well, yeah. Natasha, thank you so much for hanging out with us. And uh, Absolutely. You have, you have such a cool story that you started and you'll be, it'll be never ending. I mean... Uh, I see uh, you doing some really big things in the uh, Mustang world, as you already have. So uh, excited to see that. And everyone, if you want to go give her a follow, it is mustang.marie on uh, Instagram. And then you have to go over to her Facebook page and check out that video. We it's, can it's put a, it in the description. <laughs> we'll put it in the description. Yeah. There we go. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks, Perfect. guys. Um, and I really appreciate you having, uh, having me on the show. No, definitely. And uh, we'll talk to you soon and probably see you at the next event. Awesome. Thank All you right. very much. See you, Natasha. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. How cool is that? She has one heck of a story, to, to say the least. Um, I don't know. How, how cool is that to, I mean. To know that that it, was the first Mustang shoot, well, aside from the GT500. That's still, crazy. Still, that is the coolest story. Well, guys, in, uh, in the comment section below of uh, this, uh, I guess maybe on Instagram story or Facebook. Or, I don't know, wherever you can comment, I want to hear... You know what? We'll just do a post. <laughs> we'll make this simple. We'll just do a post. We want to hear the first Mustang you drove for the very first time. Don't care if it wasn't yours, if you stole it, if it was your friends, <laughs> your moms, your dads, whatever it was. We want to hear about it. Uh, but be sure to go over, give uh, Mustang Maria a follow on Instagram. Uh, follow her on her Mustang story. And we want to hear yours. If you think you have a really cool story, uh, be sure to just shoot us a DM, uh, Facebook message, text message if you has, have any of our numbers. But until then, we'll see you in the next episode. See you guys.